from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Is that the new intro? Is that what we're going with? I think so. Very apropos for us. I think so. I think so. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Your voice, I hear it every week. (laughs) And the adjective I'd like to use is uninspired. (laughs) I thought you were going to say exasperated, but it's close. First of all, is uninspired an adjective? Yes. Yes! Uh, Unless you're using it as in you uninspired me every day. No. <laughs> but that, that, I don't that, think that's a word. That is true. However, <laughs> that eighth grade education. There you go. Glad I f- made it to the eighth grade because that paid off. <laughs> and that's about when they stopped teaching parts of speech probably. so. You know what they don't teach anymore? Cursive. That's right. Isn't that pitiful? And I'm or so glad. Care? No, I'm so glad because I haven't known how to do cursive for about 15 years. So I'm glad that I'll be ahead of the curve on that. A travesty, I tell you, a travesty. <laughs> oh, well. Uninspired is, is uh, I think, probably what most of the tennis, except for this podcast, most of the tennis world <laughs> is uninspired. How could you not be inspired by a perfect 10? Perfect 10. Oh, I'm going to throw this computer at your face. <laughs> Did they actually say perfect 10, by the way, or was that uh, you? No, I would not. Because the phrase perfect 10 is so stupid because he didn't win 10 out of 10. That's a perfect 10. Correct. Um. So I don't think he's won every time he's well, played a tournament. Anything that they can, any word that they can <laughs> use that has an R and an F next to it, <laughs> so they can capitalize the R. Oh, there you go. Cut, that's why. And see, I used to do nerf. Speaking of school, I used to do headline writing in school, and it was all about what you could do to make the headline attractive, even if it didn't really apply to the story. <laughs> So this is kind of that case. Did you write this headline? Yeah, is this apparently. one of your projects? Uh, I wouldn't have been that creative. That's why I didn't win that competition. Well, Nerf, also <laughs> another word with RF. That should be his next sponsor. I think so. Anything? What Does else? that still exist? What else? That's it? That's the only Surf, word. Surfboard? Yes, surfboard. Maybe he's going to go pro and be number one in the world in <laughs> surfing next. <laughs> No, because the field is not the weakest in the history of surfing right now, so he couldn't possibly. Yes. I will have to actually fall on the old sword here and and admit something. Uh Uh-oh. That final was actually... Don't. (laughs) What what can I do? You're going to don't say how amazing it was. He played outstanding is what I'm saying. The final was horrendous. Right. But he played beyond vintage. Beyond vintage. It was outstanding. He was amazing. But the travesty is the word you used earlier is it's the it was the ideal scenario that we always want, which is big three versus next gen. And this is what happens every single time. Not good. In a match that matters. Not good. Uh-huh. And, and and you know what? It's funny because it doesn't matter to anyone else except Federer. Right. And Demon Hour. Yeah. I guess. It was hard <laughs> to tell because he seemed uninspired. Well, it did seem How funny. How about that bringing it all the way around? <laughs> yes! It did seem funny that 
like every round of the tournament you heard about Federer's match and I didn't know anything else about the rest of the draw but oh Federer Wawrinka which didn't end up happening but Federer Tsitsipas then Federer Dima like I never heard about who these people played to get there it was just him versus whoever it was so that was kind of comical to me I don't know what you just said to me at all <laughs> I'm saying the whole focus of that event was Federer versus whoever it didn't ever they didn't ever follow anyone else in the tournament but him yeah because they know right what uh, yeah they know and so it almost made it like an inevitability which it was but normally they're not that egregious about it uh, like they were this time they're giving up right i think they're giving up <laughs> they're waiting for the next 15 year old who's out there because just about the time that the big three retire at 50 <laughs> i was gonna say he's gonna be 25 28 they'll hit yeah they'll hit their stride that new incoming uh, youngster we don't know about yet looking for the male coco well speaking of coco we had coco in town not the afford you know the elder coco but the younger coco golf <laughs> call me coco yeah um and she was in dfw for an exhibition which ultimately is exactly the same thing every tournament until the beginning of the australian <laughs> open season is right now right so and I don't, but I don't think we're going to be seeing her in many more exhibitions. Did you go to it? I didn't. Oh, uh, loser. Was it broadcast anywhere where you could watch it? Not that I'm aware of. I bet you somewhere. I think SMU has PlaySite. Yeah, and it probably, I mean, they've probably put it online since, or they will at some point. I'm sure that somebody was filming it, but they wouldn't have wanted to detract, to detract people from going. Right. Um, so... Did you talk to people who were there? I did. Why are we talking about women's tennis already? Can we get back to the... Because <laughs> we're talking about exhibitions, so it's all related. This is an exhibition season. That's right. what they should call it. They should move world team tennis to right now because it's all the same. I agree. We've said that before. Like, of course It would make have. sense to have, had now, have it now when the season doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it would get a boost it's like the XFL being during the summer because it's outside of the window of the NFL. Right. Although that doesn't help with the XFL. Well, <laughs> I mean, they have other issues. But, but if it was during the NFL season, I know what you mean. It would be completely I'll you, ignored. I'll tell you what's going to be great for the NFL when Baker Mayfield plays because he's not going to let... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Basil, Basel... Yes. Uh, ...is uh, an exhibition... My favorite spice. ...that... W- <laughs> That one player takes seriously every yeah, year. Right. Apparently, he's taking it seriously <laughs> ten times, and uh, and he won ten. Now, it just proves to you. I'm telling you that all these other tournaments. It sounds ridiculous. All oh, these are the best players in the history of the game, and and they play it at such an elite level. They're always a hundred percent motivated. Shut up. <sighs> But that's why our stat that we've talked about so many times is there's one stat that matters, Grand Slams. It's not going to matter if Federer ends up winning 111 or 110, how many more, beats Connors, because he could do that now if he wanted. He could play the next five 250s right. and win all of them. And I'm not saying Connors might have done that too. I don't know how many of his you know 110 or 250s or whatever. But I'm just saying that's why that stat to me doesn't impress me. I wish I would have had a podcast when I was five <laughs> and watching Connors at the tail end of his career. Distributing cassettes down the street. Yeah. So I, I could uh, really make a, an informed comparison. I'm not that old, though. But 
and the podcast didn't get invented until the you know oh <laughs> five ish right uh but yeah i uh, but i just think it yeah it, but it, it will it will sort of uh pad the resume right well i was gonna say of from a zero to ten or zero to hundred scale either one what do you think the attention level was of this tournament in regards of fans? Uh, 10 being U.S. Open. Right. Uh, Final. Zero being World Team Tennis. Zero being my matches on the weekend. <laughs> or Jack Sock. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A four. Yeah, I would have said maybe three or four. A four. And, and if Federer loses before the finals, then what does it drop to? Can we... Uh, <laughs> negative? Is there... Ne- uh, can we... That's what I mean. So I understand why the focus was on him. But like you said, you can't say a tournament is meaningful when it only matters because he's in it. Right. Like if he hadn't been in it, nobody would have cared. Nobody cared about Vienna. Right. Because he, he that, and, No, no, no. But see, listen, every one of these tournaments means something to the next geners that are in it. Oh, yeah. Well, we've said that's why they should be the only ones allowed in it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we then at least they'd win something. Right. <laughs> But what I'm my point is this is that this tournament proves what it looks like when a player actually is dialed in and 100 percent focused and has a desire to win the title. And you can't tell me there's not a marked difference between Federer's performance and how he looked in this tournament compared to even even like a. You know, like the Paris 1000. Yeah, I was going to say one of those, even one of those clay court, you know, 500s or thousands. I'm they, sure the intensity level was different. I'm sorry. They, yes, they're elite, you know, all time level players, professionals, and all the rest of it. But I don't care. There's a difference between how they look in Grand Slams versus other tournaments and how they look in tournaments after the quote unquote season is over. And Federer looked back to mid-season form. He looked like he was putting... And it's not luck. It's not like, oh, all of a sudden he found it again. Right. No, he just wasn't looking for it. Well, and he, you know, the coaches love to say the whole one day at a time, every game, take every game serious. But you, you know, all of us do this. We go before the season starts and we circle dates or opponents or whatever right. it is. And this is obviously one that he's going to circle because it's his home country. He's won it so many times. You know, he it wants to represent his country, that kind of thing. And I, th- I do the same thing. Even I'm not as- sure, but I think he was also a ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I haven't heard that. Uh, <laughs> so, but even as a non-elite athlete, I do that. I mean, so I, I totally see what you're saying. Right. And again, these young guys who are still trying to get titles, you know, they have single digit titles in their career, some of them. It matters a lot because this is new. This is a big deal to them. But. Everything that anybody does, if they do it long enough, it becomes the norm. So playing on center court during a Grand Slam final is the norm for the big three. Right. Yes, it means a lot, but it's not uh, completely unfamiliar, right? And so, yes, I, I think it's it's without question they can have dips, dips in their you know energy level and their inspiration level. <laughs> Etc. And it's you know, and and I guarantee you, the purpose for going out into this you know some and playing in some of these tournaments is not the end goal is not to win. Right. I, I guarantee you, they're looking at other things, trying to accomplish other things. 
Well, I think that's part of why we see some of these younger people, players, flame out at the end of tournaments or at the end of seasons because they don't know how to... They haven't assigned an importance level to certain tournaments besides the slams, obviously. But, I mean, they're going all out every round, every tournament, practicing full speed, you know, however many hours a day. And then they get... They don't know how to manage that that time like the top players do. Right. Well, which is why the young guy, next-gen, next-next-gen in particular should be listening to this podcast because we have a remedy our right. schedule we have a remedy for it and uh they just need to get behind it and we can make it happen but uh we need to go way more in depth in that we need to like pull out dates like which week of the month right. which week of the year and what what actual city slash tournament yeah would go there no, we should definitely do that Jump before that, 2020. Right. Can you do that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'll get it right on it. <laughs> That's Because then, you know, because we talked about our general outline, but the fans want to know. You we, know we need to patent it before they steal well, it and which, start using it. Well, who are we going to cut? Right. Which tournaments are we going to cut? Or which tournaments, like the Boodles, <laughs> will we elevate to Grand Slam status? <laughs> and I want to keep the same format of the Boodles and the same draw size, but I want it to be a Grand Slam. <laughs> Grand Slam points. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I wanted to be the fifth Grand Slam. The Boodles. Uh, anywho. So, uh, so yeah. But it, it, his performance in this is is what, if he played like this all the time in every single tournament against the next gen, you'd be like, well, yes, of course. Right. It, men amongst boys. Yeah. If you will. But, you know, it just and it also just proves that it, well, this goes less towards proving my point that the, the this is the weakest era because he just played ridiculously. Right. He would have beat anybody in any era, you know, easily playing like that. But it's funny you say that because I had a guy, a friend of mine, text me thinking that uh, Tsitsipas was going to win in their semi, and I said, "Not this tournament." I said he's beaten them other events, but this is just Fetters in a rhythm. He cares, and it was like a routine four and four, which is like a total Federer score. It's actually pretty unusual, like you said, for Federer to win two and two. He had to be playing well because he's not really doing that anymore. Right. Like typically at five two, he's not even trying to break. You know, he's just waiting to serve it out. Right. And once he gets that first break, so he had to be on at full throttle. So anyway, so that was uh, that was what we had on offer from Fed. So now we go to another home court tournament to Vienna in one Dominic team who to be fair to us at least at one Grand Slam has shown a little more promise than maybe the other you know next geners have and that's Dominic team I think I mean now Medvedev is in that category but team is the only one that you could say like like is more favored than not to win a slam at this point in his career but again he's passed like He's past young status in tennis. I mean, now he's average. Well, yeah, but age. he's he's still next gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, we're still comparing him to that group. And right. Then, but I mean, it's like, I don't think you could say he's exceeded expectations as a next gen. Five years ago, if you'd have said, you know, if team has zero grand slams five years from now, you would say that's a underachieving. Oh, for sure. So Based on where everyone had all right. of these guys. right. Oh, these are supreme talents. 
I see them winning multiple, multiple Grand Slam tournaments. And like you said, outside of Clay, he really hasn't. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> he really hasn't proven himself to be a Grand Slam contender. And I firmly believe Nadal will win two or three more French Opens. Oh, for sure. Um, and so team is talking about then going to 28, 29, 30 before he has a chance Ooh. to win one, which is like we've talked about pretty unusual to win your first slam at that age. Yeah, none of the big three were uh, in this tournament. Right. And you say big three what? Well, <laughs> I mean big three, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things. <laughs> these Musketeers. Other- <laughs> yeah, so team was the one seed, and he ended up winning, and uh, and not without some difficulty. A couple three setters, the finals were uh, he dropped the first set. He got an easy five five zero retirement against Karina Busta. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, if there's no big three in it, of course somebody besides the big. What if Djokovic still won? He wasn't <laughs> in the tournament. Well, and that's what the st- stat you were mentioning earlier. I'd like to again, we don't do any research. But I'd like to see the percentages. If all the big three are in a tournament, we know it's 90-plus for the uh, some, someone of the big three to win. So it obviously drops. If there's two of the big three, maybe it's 85%. If there's one of the big three, maybe it's 80%. I'd be curious to see what that breakdown is. And then with none, it's probably about 40, <laughs> 40 to 45%. But with, with all three, it's got to be 90-plus. I'm thinking 90 might be a conservative estimate. Um, yeah, maybe eight. I mean, like maybe it's like eighty-seven, eighty-eight, but it's got to be. I don't know. That would be that would take hours and hours to look that up for all the years of the tournaments they've all been in together. But so it to me having just Federer made it a little more interesting. And then, like you said, having team, then it's like wide open. Anybody can win. But then the one seed won, which was kind of anticlimactic. No, but it's okay. Uh, you know, again, if the big three never existed. Vienna is what tennis would have looked like for the past five right. years. Exactly. So I'll take it. Or if they, had, right. if they had retired at normal age that tennis players retire. Right. Um, they just with, can't stop winning. Like all these guys thought was going to happen. Right. I'm sure team five years ago thought, yeah, in five years I'm going to be you know, in great position. All these guys are going to be gone. I'm going to be ruling the tour. Yeah. I Retirement for any of the big three. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> they're they're going to keep winning. Why wouldn't they just keep? I don't. I uh, honestly don't see a retirement date for any of them. Better at the absolute earliest would be twenty twenty Olympics, and I don't even. I don't see that because he's certainly going to play twenty twenty U.S. Open. Right. Um. I mean, so that would really be the absolute earliest I would see it is in the Open. He just retires. They do it. Calling and shot calling. They do whatever they want. I'm sorry. I'll quit. That wasn't bad, though. But, uh, yeah, I'll quit. Um, yeah, and it's and it's depressing. It's just depressing. And like you said, these that, the well, team... Go ahead. Well, sorry. if team has 15 titles, doesn't matter if one of them's a Masters 1000 or two of them and then zero Grand Slams. Right. Like, no one's going to list him when you're listing, ranking the best players. Say, oh, team was eighth on the list. He had 15 titles. It's like no one's going to care yeah. if they were 15 250s and 500s. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is it, it. On the one hand, yes, finally, it's a to, to me that final in Basel was a clear example of Federer playing at the level of the greatest ever. And then it doesn't matter who he played; it was going to look like that. Right. But on the other hand, wow, he can still do that to these chumps. <laughs> that's just not good. Well, that's what I'm like. How can he be that good still? 
that's the thing that like Tom Brady, how, you, can, you can't answer the, that. Like, I don't understand. As Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> We're in a different era, but uh, you know, I don't just, I don't understand how somebody could be that good. And we saw, I mean, Roddick was also in that exhibition in, in Dallas and he was banging some serves, but he's like a shell of what he was when he was his last year on the tour. Now he's not training tour level, but still I'm like, it's nowhere. And he could still be top 50, uh, <laughs> 50, but, um, All right. but nowhere near the level that, uh, Federer is playing. Right. Oh, uh, all right. So women, you said you didn't, <laughs> uh, but that's cause we know how you feel about women's tennis. <laughs> um, well, so that, that exists. Yeah. Zuhai. I guess that's how you say it. I really don't. By the know. way, if we made our new schedule, there would be about eighty percent less tournaments in Asia. No offense, but it seems like every week they're in Asia for something. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Just, I, was, I was watching golf and Tiger. Well, golf also, <laughs> and uh, they the first not the first time professional golf has been in Japan. I guess they had some year end event or something. I don't know what it was, but they they had the first tour whatever they call it. It's even more disorganized in tennis. It's ridiculous. Uh, but they had their first PGA event in Japan. So that wasn't considered part of the Asian tour. It was actually a PGA tour I, event. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> any of this works. I don't either. Put it this way. Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and other people that I don't really know, I'm not sure who they are, um, were all in it. So regular right. people you would see at the Masters. No, so it or, must have been like on the main PGA tour right. for the first time in Asia. So, uh, which I have no problem with. And let me tell you something. It was at least 20 deep from the tee box all the way to the green. Wow. 20 deep off the fairway into the woods. Wow. I mean, it was madness. And not just on Tiger's hole uh, when he was playing, but they, they had an, uh, a Japanese player who's highly ranked. That someone said he's very close to tiger in terms of popularity over there yeah it's madness and uh, i was reading that article about that this morning right so anyway so no and i i mean i'm was being facetious of course but that asian market is probably the second biggest i mean maybe bigger than america but i don't think um facetious and racist are the same i think you get that <laughs> word wrong um but i'm just saying it seems like there's no cohesion to this whip i mean we were in asia three or four different periods in the in the year. Right. Well, like, to, again, for us, it's they should put that as the lead up to yeah. Australia. Right. I have no problem with it. A six week straight in Asia. But why is it two weeks in March and then two right. weeks back in July? It's like it seems like it's back and forth a lot. It, it's like you said, it, ne- it needs to the attention needs to be focused, you know, in every area. And right now, if it's exhibition season and they want to play in Asia, wherever, who cares? But ideally, it would lead. It would be in Asia for a reason because it's leading to something, right? Now, maybe at some point when they first of all listen to obviously our podcast, but also when they sort of start getting consistent, you know, monetary gain from all those tournaments, maybe they will push them closer to anchoring them to the Grand Slam, right? And because I, there's a ton of money there, obviously. There's a ton. The market is wide open. And, you know, all it takes is a couple of good players and boom. You know, it just it, it, it's the popularity, the money, it all skyrockets. So, 
Um, well, and it is kind of ridiculous. Again, no offense to Australia, but it's not a big country. But it's to have like four or five weeks of lead-up tournaments just in Australia. Right. That's kind of kind of right. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah, they can easily spread. Once again, it's not a surf competition. <laughs> we could we could do that in surfing, but yeah, exactly. Oh goodness! So here we are in the dog days of. Uh, that's not really the right term. <laughs> We're past that. Yeah. So, zoo high. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I think so. And I say that without any idea. It's in China, from what I hear. Well, and I said it doesn't lead to anything, and I, that was wrong because the the year end is yeah. there, so it makes sense to have players there. Although I doubt that many of the top eight well, play think, in this. Well, that I think all of those tournaments would have been there anyway. Right. So maybe they moved that there to try to help boost the popularity of those tournaments. Not that I'm cynical and think these people that run this game do everything <laughs> for money. I don't know. Maybe. So Zuhai, the year end. Um, how much do you care about it? Um, on my one to ten scale from earlier, probably a one. Oof. <laughs> really. Well, it's like it's sort of like the week before a slam, like the week before the year end, which starts this week. Like that is what you're looking toward. If if by some freak of luck it ended up where this mattered for that next week, which I think they've already decided it before this week, but then that would be more interesting. But because it doesn't, it uh, it makes me not as excited. So, yeah, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> I I mean, uh, let me see. I'm so, very on a scale of one to ten. I'm I'm about a seven for the year end final, but it's just hard to drum up excitement the week before that well again and it's um are any of these women as hyped up about this as they are i think it matters more though i don't know because on a scale of one to ten year in women scale of one to ten year in men for them or for me as a fan for you i'm a zero on the men i'm higher on the men if all the big three play uh, okay. which is rare sure um but you're right i think the women care way more i mean you saw that based on how hard the women were all trying to qualify right leading up like the men you didn't hear anything about the men like playing all these tournaments and trying to catch up and and there's been so many times when they've skipped it the top men have skipped it right like that tells you the top women outside of serena rarely skip it this year she didn't have a choice is she a top yeah i was, I was about to beat me to it <laughs> but um which by the way is ridiculous that she's not in it but that's just the way the system works. Um, it's because she's a mother. <laughs> but, um, well, we've just said that it, this whole thing is stupid. It it should be two weeks after the Open and then the year's over. That would make me care about it. Um, way more. But it's still, it still just is not a good way to end the season. Like you said, really, the end of the season is always going to be that last point of the U.S. Open, and there's nothing you could do to change that. Right. Uh, no matter what format you make the year in, no matter what, I mean, maybe if you made it $10 million to the winner, then maybe, you know, we'll have a reason to care about it. But besides that, I don't really see a reason to care. Or if you did what I said, which is that make the winner is finish the year in number one, no matter what. Like if you're in the top eight, you win this tournament, you're number one at the end of the year. 
which wouldn't really be fair. So I could understand why they wouldn't want to do that. So with Zoo High, I mean, they do the same goofy format that they do with the year end. And I don't know why. Because <laughs> it's not to get people ready because it's not the same people. Well, that and it just, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just goofy. And it's and it's confusing for everyone, including the guy with the podcast. <laughs> well, and they kind of started doing that too with this next gen ATP fine. You know, it's like they they're doing multiple of the same format. I guess to get people comfortable with the format. Well, that one they just don't care at all <laughs> right. for the whole thing. Right. It, it, it's a different format every year. Yeah, and they all they they throw in extra. It's like the Pro Bowl. Oh, let's try out rules right. and goofy things we want to try. How about a ball that lights up? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Make them do it in the next gen. We'll see how it works. <laughs> but we've gotten a few th- rules from that. I think that know where the serve clock started. And, uh, I don't know. There's been a few things that have come well, out of that. Well, it didn't start there. They tried it right, there right. because, it, you know, because of Djokovic bouncing 417 <laughs> times in Nadal, you know. But, uh, no. So, I mean, what's more important right now? A Zuhai, uh Review or the WTA Finals preview? Well, I didn't even realize that the WTA Finals had already started, so probably that. All right. They already played a match. I mean, that's where the top eight players are, so, I mean, it doesn't make sense. And they were saying that we're getting some potential matchups we haven't seen. I mean, what we've talked about all year with the women's is it would be nice to see the top players play each other. Well, this one, you're guaranteed to see it. Yeah. You know, like Halep is playing Andreeski for the first time, so that'll be interesting. The rest of these matches we've kind of seen, like Osaka and Barty are going to play, which we've been talking about that all year because they've been kind of one-two yeah, for so a while. You've got the red group, which is Barty, Osaka, Kvitova, and Benchich. Then the purple group, I don't know why they picked red and purple. I really don't know. Um, the purple group, you've got uh, Pliskova, Andreescu, Halep, and Svitolina. It's funny because I feel like that group is way weaker. Yeah. But... That group has all the players that are just semis every week. Like right. They get steady. the points. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that bears out. You know, the first two matches both went to three sets in the red group already, which is, you know, I wonder how that fact, although they're getting a day off between matches, so that really shouldn't matter. Yeah. Um, by the way, the format of this always confuses me. Like you said, they play six days in a row, but then there's like a, I think on the sixth day, the fifth day, both sides play. I don't know. It's always confusing. Um, because they got to have make it fair at the end where one side doesn't have a day off and the other side doesn't. It's confusing to me. All right. So right now we are recording at 6.45 p.m. on Sunday. Okay. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it is Sunday wherever you happen to be. Now, the I don't know where Shenzhen is. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even know what the time zone is, to be honest with you. But I'm just going to put in Beijing. Do you think it's near Beijing? Oh, it's got to be close, I would think. I'm going to that's I'm just winging it. Oh, and Barty with her win, by the way, secured the year-end number 1. In Beijing, it's tomorrow at 7.44 a.m. Right now, it's 6.44 p.m. today. So it's, you know, 
11, whatever that is, uh, 21 hours ahead of us. Is that right? No, plus 13 hours. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so it's plus 13 hours. So that's yeah. another thing. Is it's 7.45 a.m.? Right. So they're probably starting in three or four hours the next day. Right. So, um, so that's another reason it's, it's all wackadoo because you're trying to, trying to follow it in the time zone. So jacked up, but and who knows but, when you're listening to this? <laughs> well, yeah, don't even bother. Um, you should be listening to it right now. Oh wait, they don't have that. <laughs> but option. it is hard to, uh, you're right. It's hard. And that's why every time this is on the tennis channel must love it. Cause they just run it all day. Like it just goes nonstop. Replay, you yeah, never yeah, know yeah. if it's live or not. You just turn it on and it's on. I love that. You can basically turn on tennis. 24-7, and you're going to see a match. Right. That's probably, that involves two top eight players. Right. Or so, the, uh, doubles that they throw in, too. But. Yeah. So, the the results thus far, I mean, you hopefully would expect they'd be close. And, the, you know, in the, in the red group, Osaka and Kvitova, th- you know, uh, tight, tight three-setter, and then Barty and Bencic, Tough first set, but then Barty kind of showed her who's boss. Well, Benchich has been on a roll lately, so that was that's a good win for Barty. Yeah, and then uh, on the other side, they haven't played yet, so like you said, they start today. Um, so two people come out of each group. Who you liking? It's kind of we're kind of cheating on the fir- on the top part. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I would have picked Osaka and Barty before this thing started. Yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense because they have been the ones all year. Now, Svitolina won this tournament last year. So even though she's not, by her ranking, probably one of the top two. See, that's that that's a hard group. It's definitely... I mean, you got to pick Andreescu as one of the two on that half. Maybe. Just based on how she's been playing. Yeah. But to me, Svitolina and Halep are a toss-up. To me, this kind of format doesn't favor Pliskova. Um... Although having the day off should help, but I would go with Svitolina just because she's done it before and Andreescu on that side. See, I'm going Andreescu and Halep on that side. And that's see, my yeah, pick. That would, to me, the Svitolina Halep is the tough decision there. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, these two expert idiots uh, <laughs> here picking that, but but uh, that would be a pretty amazing semis and final. Those four players. Yeah. Because no matter who, I mean, we'd obviously love to see Andreescu play Osaka or Barty, uh, either one. I'd like to see her play Osaka just because they're kind of the young up-and-comers that have won slams. I mean, Barty has two, but she's not necessarily a young up-and-comer. Yeah. Um, as far as the format, I mean, outside of outside of adding players and making it like a, a three-person group and having more groups. Right. So maybe, you know, have 12 people in, have four groups of three, and only one person comes out of that group. Yeah. You know, other than that, I you know, th- this World Cup type, you know, format, whatever it's called, group play, and then into the semis is fine, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you have a format where somebody can lose and still win the tournament, I think you're always going to get some objection. But there's really no other way to do it. Well, if you're... If you were talking about a regular tournament, like, I don't know, Zhuhai, <laughs> um, it's dumb, but you're talking about a year end right. where why do you want to punish one of the top eight players playing another top eight player, which is normally supposed to happen in a semi or later, Yeah, 
um, or a quarter and later. Uh, one bad match, one really good match, you know, from one player could, could you know, kind of happen at the same time, and then boom, whoops. Well, so and- at least it, it gives you a chance to stretch it out and, and, and really see consistently which one's the better player. Well, and it also stops the inevitability of the two best players being in the same group. Um, right. So, you know, then they're going to play. What I don't like about it is there are times when, you know, this happened. Serena played Halep, and Halep won in the round robin, and then they played in the final, and Serena won. Well, they're really tied 1-1, but Serena won the one that mattered. Right. Um, so that's something I don't like, but again, I mean, there's not really any way to avoid that. It's no different than if I play a team in the regular season in the NFL, and then I play them in the playoffs. The only one that mattered was the playoffs, Right. ultimately. Yeah. So it's just, you know... There's well, nothing... not, not for the Cowboys. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing you can do to change that. Outside of making a single elimination, which I agree with you, you can't do that on a on that important of a stage. Yeah, and I mean, for the fans' sake too. I mean, it's, you're gonna you're guaranteed to see all the top eight players six days in a row. Yeah, which is great. And the upside is you don't have to record this because, like you said, they just <laughs> play it over and over. Perfect for me. Yeah, turn it on anytime. Oh lordy. Um. So yeah. So the most important thing going on last week is next week <laughs> is right. is the year end for the women. <laughs> and like you said, I, I do have some intrigue uh, and I am somewhat inspired by that, or I should be. Right. Uh, I've been uninspired in the past week, of course. And who knows what random garbage tournament there will be next week for the WTA. They know there's going to be something. But we have to say for sure this is the end of the WTA season this week. Right. You know, the men's is going probably two more weeks. But... Uh, that's when you really talk about attention and interest and importance going down after this is over. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think tennis has got to understand it's okay not to have tennis for a while. Like, that's what makes people want it back. I mean, it's okay to have no tournaments for a month. Yeah, that's the problem, though. I know. Is there's no overarching group that's in charge. And who wants to be the one to say, okay, we'll drop our tournament, you know? Right. No no one. So that yeah, that's the problem. Mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we can't give uh, the WTA Finals enough because they've only played t- two matches right. out of these several. But, I mean, think about baseball, like outside nope. of the World ba- Baseball I Classic. I do not want to. <laughs> I don't even know when that is, but this thing is going to end in October, the World Series, and there won't be another baseball game of substance till April, which is, that's totally okay. Like it's gonna by March, people are gonna be saying, "Man, I wish baseball was starting to get not very many people, but right. <laughs> but some more than tennis, a but, lot more than tennis uh, in this country, yeah. anyway." But that's how you build the you know the interest, and I just think that's what tennis. One of the things tennis is missing right now, it's just nobody knows what's going on. It's just continuous. You're just yeah. like on a wheel. It's just circling every season. Well, one thing I can say for a fact is that this. Uh this pitiful podcast this week is just a reflection of the level of tennis out there <laughs> last week. Right. We apologize. No, we don't. No, we don't. You're lucky to have We're us. We're going to give you more of the same. You're lucky future. to have us. That's and that's right. all there is to it. Uh, and the best way to have us, sounds highly inappropriate, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Tennis Rev Pod. You looked at me quite, you had no idea. Dear <laughs> I did. I had it. You ready? All right, how about Instagram? Tennis Revolution Pod. Yes, we're getting followers, man. <laughs> we are getting yeah? followers. They're not really fan followers, <laughs> though. 
I told you I followed a whole bunch of Caribbean island web, you know, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> and like now, similar type. <laughs> I just got one for a rum company. Mm. They're now following us. And that's that's what I'm talking about. I just read an article that you can buy like a thousand followers for like six dollars. Get on it. Not worth it. <laughs> Not worth it. Um, we're missing uh, out. Yeah. I don't know. This podcast doesn't make six dollars. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyway, Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram. Follow us. Share us. Do what I don't even know what other things you can do. I don't understand any of it, but just do it and uh, continue to listen and, and spread the word. Uh, we need it, especially right now in the dead time of tennis. Nobody else thinks so. Right, they've got time to sit around and go back and listen to every episode, get caught yes, up in the whole year of tennis. For sure. All right, anything else? I think that's oh, it. Oh, thank goodness. I can't take any more because, again, I am uninspired. <laughs> All right, that's a good way to sell a podcast. Yes. I think that'll be the title this week. <laughs> All right, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. <laughs>